The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to a very special edition of the Rough Drafts podcast. You know, Walter and I, we, we are men of integrity, I think it's safe to say. If, you, if you've listened to this pod before, you know that... I'm more of a man of leisure. I mean... More of a man of leisure. That's fine, but I, I think that one of the things that we like to do is admit when we're wrong, you know? Because you can't get everything right when you make your predictions at the end of the year, we throw our, our genuine feelings out there and, and try to get a good handle on where these things are going to go. And, you know, it's very easy to throw out predictions at the beginning of the year. It's a lot harder to go back and check yourself and see what you got right, what you got wrong, and, and try to figure out what you can learn from it. And that's what we're going to do today. I'm, I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Walter Cietis Fedchuk. No, 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 no. You don't get to introduce me anymore. Oh. I, I have to do my own introductions here because you don't introduce me correctly. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Walter Ciades Fedchuk, and I am your 2017 Spring Split Guest Aligned Champion! That is true. You that are, is the that correct is introduction that. for a man of my status, okay? I am okay. a champion. Treat That's... me as such. That is true. You're you're a champion twofold because not only did you win the event, but TSM, TSM, TSM. That's just how these things go. But we're not going to start with TSM, Walter. We're going to start with the team that you thought was going to be the 10th place team yes. this season. And, and that was Envious. And I think you had some words to say this season about uh, the ceiling on some of these players. So let's go listen to what you had to say back then. So... Um, overall, not excited about this roster. I guess they have the, the triple Korean synergy that worked out so well for them last split, especially at the beginning of the split, but I just think that the ceiling is just not very high on all five of these players. Yeah. So, Walter, do you think that you ended up being mostly right with those predictions? Like, do you feel confident in, in how these things... Yeah, kind of no, played out. I, I, I truly feel like obviously Envious agrees with me on Ninja because Ninja's gone. He's out of yes. here. They, they, they kicked him like the second they were able to in the offseason. So Ninja's gone. I thought his ceiling was really, really low. And I thought he he constantly hit it like he was the player we expected him to be. He had moments where I was like, yeah, that's Ninja at his best. Mm -hmm. um, but Ninja at his best is the 10th best mid laner in North America. Maybe even like twelfth. Like there's probably some challenger mid you could have brought in. Uh, guys on on Envious's bench. I think Alex Each would have been a better mid laner over you know the long term over the entire season than Ninja was. 
Um, Seraph, we know who Seraph is at this point. You camp him and he's not allowed to shot call. Things kind of fall apart. He's able to go off. He's a split push monster. He can actually, you know, is set up for success. He can really control team fights. We already know that about him. Um, the bot lane, I think, was interesting because Apollo and uh, Hakuo, I think we know where their ceilings are, but they don't reach them enough. Like, their ceilings are actually pretty good. Apollo is a pretty decent AD carry. He can be a good third option on a team. Um, mm. The problem is he's always being thrust into these situations where they're like, no, we need you to be, you know, our, our second carry. We need you to be our primary option. Or, you know, in the case of Dignitas, we pair you with Keen. And we have, like, two guys that shouldn't be the number one option on their team. Um, Hakuo, I think, is a, is a strong support. I think he's carrying the mantle of sort of the Kiwi Kid style of I'm going to make a play. Um, I will always make a play. It might not always be the right play, but it's going to be a play. And sometimes you get really good plays out of it, and sometimes you get really bad plays out of it. And all I know is when you play your play, you play your play. So there's that. And then there's Lyra. Yes. Lyra broke any ceiling that I had set for him. He was an absolutely fantastic jungler mm-hmm. and almost solo carried this team to ninth place. Um, yes. Which isn't to down talk Lyra, like, but at the same time, the team around him just wasn't good enough for his skill. I would really love to see him someplace else. Um, Dignitas, maybe. Hello? Yeah. Possibly. If you're looking for a, mid, uh, for a jungler who speaks Korean. Um, May I present you the the all pro juggler Lyra? He's yeah. a, he is a good offering uh, to the table of someday, and I think they can work wondrously together. Um, but that being said, yeah, Envious was Envious. They were the worst team, and um, they survived relegation. Good for them. Yeah, no, Lyra is really good at League of Legends. I, I would go so far as to say there's a good argument that he was the best player this season. Obviously, he's not the MVP because they didn't win enough games, and that's something like you can't say that you're the most valuable player if the position they get with you is as good as it would be without you because it literally couldn't have gotten worse. But I, I think the guy certainly is incredibly talented, and I think that depending on who Envious goes out and gets this offseason, maybe they'll turn things around. Uh, the next team on our list turned things around a little bit more than we expected. Uh, Echo Fox is who you had at ninth. Uh, they ended up getting eighth, but I, I think that you did a pretty good job identifying the problem. So let's listen to you point out the key flaw in Echo Fox's plan. Oh, Walter, first thoughts when you look at these, these roster changes here. Why is Keith still on an LCS roster? Um... I'm surprised Froggen's still here. I would have thought maybe he would he would retire, but he must really love playing the game. So, cool, yeah. uh, good for him. Um, I it's a League of Legends roster. It's not the worst. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not the best. I I don't even know if it hits like mediocre though. Like at, at some point, we've learned that Looper isn't very good without without Mata. Like we've learned that. Um, Acadian has been a, a jungler that's kind of toiled in the challenger scene. Um, he, he does have some potential to be a breakout like Dardock, but he wasn't as good as Dardock in the challenger scene. He was much, much less consistent. Um, and then Gate. Like, I'm actually, Gate, Gate impressed me as a support last split. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, he actually impressed me. Um, I'm glad to still see him on a team. I, I think he's worthy of being, you know, one of the 10 supports in the LCS. Um, but overall, just, there's nothing, there's nothing on this roster that, like, sets a fire in my belly, and there's nothing in this roster that's like, ooh, that's really bad. Like, there's no 0-17 LSPL 
mid laner on this roster. Let's that put it that. So yeah, Keith is still a thing. And as far as I know so far this offseason, he's still a thing. Oh, like, that's... oh my god. I <laughs> mm, um Ah, <sighs> oh, god damn it. Um, <laughs> Rick, dude. I know you like your people. I know you like your kind of family atmosphere. Um, bro's got to go, man. Th- this bro's got to go. This is like, you got to remember when you were on the Lakers, dude, if you didn't perform, Kobe would have kicked your butt out the locker room door so fast, Phil Jackson wouldn't have been able to hit you with some wise saying to impart upon the rest of your life uh, while he handed you your pink slip. Like, you would have been out. If Keith was Kobe's player, Keith would have been sitting on a butt us bench like a year ago with a paper over his head trying to keep the rain from falling down as his life just crashes around him. Like, I don't wish any ill onto Keith, but damn, dude, you are bad at League of Legends. Rick needs to stop giving you a chance and, and needs to move on if he ever wants this team to be more than, like, we didn't get relegated, yay! Because yeah. it's, it's seriously damaging Froggen's career at this point. I mean... I, I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't think that Froggen's career is ever going to be anything other than a Hall of Fame career. He's done too much in the early seasons. The youngins might not remember, but us old school veterans, we, we know how good he was. I do think that Acadian uh, was a pleasant surprise. I Acadian think was something... good. I liked Acadian. Acadian yeah. was very solid. That was a guy we weren't as convinced on, uh, and he surprised us. Um, it's... Uh... <laughs> Oh, God. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where I just I, I think that I, I wish Keith the best of success in whatever post League of Legends career stream, he decides dude. to have. Just go stream. Go be yeah. Pie 2.0. Just go stream, dude. Yeah, you're a great you're a great guy. Wear a toucan like mask. You. Just go full. Go for a toucan. That's all you have to do. Yeah. And embrace the memes. Um, And there's another team that we got to talk about. You had him at eighth. I had him at eighth. They're a team with a history of embracing memes, but uh, they decided not to meme their way out of the split. Uh, they actually managed to fight their way to fourth, and that's FlyQuest, a team that uh, a lot of people were very angry about what we had to say. Uh, let's see what you had to say, Walter. Why were people so angry at us? Let's find out. So I'm excited watching this roster because I think this is the last ride. I, I think this is the one last ride for... Um, for a couple of these players, I think Lemonation and, and High um, mechanically are not necessarily up to snuff with the rest of uh, their competitors. I think High comes in as the ninth or tenth best mid laner in, in North America. And everyone's going to go, but High is a great shot caller, but High has played multiple positions in his career. We'll get to all that, that stuff later. We're gonna, I'm going to talk about that, that shot calling a little bit. Because everyone's just going to talk about that. That's all I can hear on Twitter is his amazing shot calling about how this team is going to be a playoff team. Um, but for Lemonation and High, I think this truly is their last ride. Um, I think for Balls, this is probably his last ride. If there was a guy that really needed like a change of scenery and kind of break out of the the mold that he's been put in, get away from those Diamond 2 memes and all that jazz, I think he really needed to try and separate himself from these other guys and not just turn into, you know, looper light in terms of he needs to have high like looper needs to have uh, mata um and then you look at moon and Alltech, and i think so walter uh last ride turns out to be pretty strong phrasing here how do you feel now having seen flyquest uh exceed all of our expectations well reginald let me just sip on this fine brandy real quick 
see, the problem with League of Legends is that the spring-summer off-season is not a time for very great change. There's not a lot of roster movement going around because people don't sign three-month contracts. They usually sign full-year ones, so they end up being signed until late November after Worlds. Uh, that being said, not a lot of players that deserve to be replaced get replaced. And three members of this squad need to be replaced. Two of them old-timers of the LCS scene that played in the summer of 2013 in Balls and Lemonation. They are, they are way past their prime, and unlike a fine brandy, the more age you have on a bad LCS player, the, uh, the sourer the vintage. And that, that leaves us with Alltech, and Alltech um, is a bad investment. He's one of those toxic funds that, uh, you had those expeditions in the 1800s to go find new trade explorations across the world, and, you know, Alltech is sort of like ending up in Greenland and calling it Greenland to try and confuse people and get them to move there, and then they show up in its ice fields and volcanoes. Uh, so, uh, so yes, I still think this entire year is the last ride for High, last gasp for his career, so to speak. Uh, Moon is it going to be a pleasant surprise for another team next year. Uh, but if they do not make Worlds, I would not expect to see High, Lemonation, or Balls set foot on an LCH stage ever again. You can quote me, Sir Walter C.A.D.'s Fedchuk Esquire III, Ph.D. Yeah, I, I mean, all of that, but also just... As, as much as they got fourth, and we got to give them credit for that, they did come back against CLG. They got the reverse sweep there. CLG should have won that series about 10 different moments. And they would have won that series if it hadn't been one for one of the biggest failed blunders in, in playoffs. And, and we'll get to the guy who did that in a bit. But you know, you know Chase, Chase it's just like the Atlanta Falcons should have won the Super Bowl if they stopped God. Tom Brady from scoring How at dare any you? single point. You keep giving me such easy ways to bring it up. I have to take it. You, I have to you take really, that. You really yes, I don't. Do. But I, I think do. that we have to take a little bit of, uh, you know, a, a little bit of time to respect that they did a lot better than we thought they would at the beginning of the season. We thought the arc that we said was that they were going to be good early and they were going to fall off completely. And while that did happen, it, did happen. it happened later than we thought it was going to. So now the key is going to be, you know, what is their next plan? Because they can't rely on these sort of pocket picks that helped them through that CLG series, that helped them get the couple wins that they needed to, you know, even get sneak their way into the playoffs after they were almost on the outside looking in. So, you know, I, I think there are a lot of question marks that FlyQuest needs to answer, but if you're a FlyQuest fan, yeah, you get to lure this one over us. We were we were off. We did not think it was going to last as long as it did. Certainly didn't think it would hold up in a playoff series, which it did. And they did battle Phoenix one a lot closer than we thought, but uh but before we get into any of that, Walter, this was uh, the next team was a team that you and I disagreed on. I, I had hopes in them. You realized that the fact that I was rooting for them meant that things could not possibly end well. And that team is Immortals. Walter, let's see what you had to say about this roster and, and how you felt about them heading into the season. Well, luckily, there's a tournament on in like three days that I get to watch, and... Granted, I gotta take it with a grain of salt. They had, like, one day of practice together. They were all, you know, different country. Nobody cares about IEMs. And then I watched it. And Paul Belter was great. The Bash Brothers were excellent, dude. And then the bot lane. 
Holy cow. The bot lane looks awful. It looks very, very bad. They do not look like they belong together in the LCS. So yeah, I, clearly you were a little bit worried about IEM Gyeonggi and what that meant. Uh, do you feel like that is the same problem that we had going in? Because I kind of feel like it was a different set of problems that ultimately did them in. Uh, it was, but the, the overarching problem was that you were rooting for them to succeed. Um, and as I've learned, anything that you touch that you love kind of just turns to ash in your hands um, when it comes to, to sports teams and esports teams. Um, I think the rest of your life, you're, you're absolutely fantastic with. I think that everything that happens is, is great. That being said, um, yeah, I, I said the Bash Brothers were great. The Bash Brothers were great up until there's apparently news that they're, they're replacing Dardock with Xpithy. Okay. Uh, all right, whatever. I said Pole Belter was great. Uh, uh, Pole Belter was not great. Pole Belter was hot garbage for about seven, eight weeks if this was Europe, but seven weeks of the regular season. Mm. And um, and then the bot lane was like bad to start with, but then you could tell Cody was getting his legs underneath him as the year went on, and he was finally starting to figure it out. And towards the end of the year, it looked like he was having a, a you know kind of a, a decent career, like he was figuring it out. He was dealing a lot of damage, unlike a, that certain poor investment over on FlyQuest. Um, so yeah, I was like pleasantly surprised with how Cody Sung ended the year. I still think Ale is. I kind of gave the mantle of the, the Kiwi kid to Hakuo. I don't think Ale tries to make as many plays as Hakuo does. I think Ale is a lot more reserved, and when he does make plays, it's it's far, it's few and far between. He really relies on the rest of the team. And this team really, at its core, came down to, well, does Dardock pop off, and does he get you know Flame or Cody to pop off? Uh, and the answer was, yeah, but it wasn't enough for them to make the playoffs. Yeah. The number of series where they would win game one and look great doing it, and then lose game two super close and then get completely annihilated in game three was just too damn high. It's it's a problem when you have a team that is inconsistent and, and some of the personality stuff has to be a factor here. You know, I, as much as I like Dardock as, an, as a mechanic, mechanical strong player, I think that we've seen now that he does have these kinds of tilting issues. And I think that, yeah, you know, this yeah. is a team that, the wrong place, at the wrong peaks at the wrong time, and couldn't quite put it together enough. I, you know, it, it says something that all they had to do was beat the two worst teams in the league in week six, and they would have been a playoff team, and they just couldn't get that done. I think that's something that Immortals are certainly going to have to look into. Uh, they've already started to make some changes as far as the uh, coaching side of things uh, in the past, and then now I think they're going to have to look again and see, well, what, what do they need? Uh, X Smithy is the answer that we're hearing they're going to start with, and we'll have to see whether that properly tackles the issues that they're, they're looking for here. But speaking of a team that has some issues to tackle, uh, Team Liquid, you and I, we were low on them. We had our concerns, but we still put them in the playoffs. We were not strong enough in our convictions to say, no, this team is not going to be good enough. And, uh, Team Liquid was not good enough. So so let's look at exactly where you identified the biggest problem with Team Liquid. My problem with Liquid, I currently have them as probably 7th. They are, are probably going to be fighting for that 6th seed. They're going to just barely be on the outside looking in. Because I can't trust Piglet. I cannot trust him for a 9-week season. 
So yeah, Piglet might be an issue. Turns out that didn't work out the way that they expected. Did I do that? <laughs> Oops. Oh, who would have thought that it would have been Piglet? Who would have who would have thought? Who could have thought? Who could have potentially predicted this Steve Liquid 122 or 112 Aaron set? I always forget if it's two ones or two twos. I don't really care, but God, I wish someone could have predicted it. I wish someone could have told you to your face on multiple times on this podcast, on Twitter, so many times that you had made the wrong decision and you were making a bad business decision and you were an idiot. And I don't care that you were completely hands-off while you were working on some mega deal with Magic John. Johnson, I, I just wonder who on this planet potentially could have told you that Piglet was an issue and was a bad investment. I, oh, I just, and if he is still on this roster for the summer, god damn it. I'm going to have an aneurysm. Like, are you kidding me? There are clear concerns, I think it's safe to say. And, you know, I, I, I got to say, I, I understand where a lot of their you know, their problems, could, you know, where they could have made the decisions that they did, right? I mean, Piglet is mechanically a, a guy that has his moments. Uh, he's done very well in lane with something like Caitlyn. Uh, the problem is just his ability to, to turn that into big plays when it matters most. Uh, his, his team fighting, his positioning uh, in, in those kinds of situations. And in the mid lane, his laning was just not very good once people figured out that you just have to make him farm under tower and he is not don't used let him to... kill you that's basically what it comes down to oh if he doesn't kill you he doesn't get gold okay yeah and uh to be fair i i don't think that the guys around him held up much either matt i think took a step back uh which is something that i don't think we saw coming uh lorlo is a guy who they were really counting on to do great things that didn't quite pan out i i didn't think he played poorly i just didn't think he played particularly well either uh, Rainover was a guy that we were expecting his shot-calling influence to really be a big boost for this team, and, and it didn't quite get there. So, you know, the, we, we saw the piglet problem, but I think we didn't see the rest of these problems, and that's why no, we, we thought they were going to be a playoff team anyway. And, uh, I mean, we were wrong, but it was, it was a, a foreseeable issue that then snowballed with other issues into a team that now has a lot of questions to answer yes. uh, going into the split. Because guess what? Uh, you don't have double lift anymore. And uh, you're not going to get bailed out another time with that. So we'll see. Maybe TSM sends a wild turtle at week seven of next season. Who knows? It's going to be it's going to be great. I, I love I, I love that cooperation there. Keep the keep it alive, guys. Uh, let's talk about CLG. Because CLG is a team that, you know, you and I had had very differing opinions on. I was high on them. You said that this was a team that, you know, maybe some of these uh, these synergies were uh, about to, you know, were, can only amount to so much. But let's see what you had to say about their decision to not make changes heading into the season. I would say that the moves they made this offseason were actually pretty logical. I would say it was pretty logical of them not to make any moves. I'm uh, I'm surprised by the the intelligence that this organization has shown in the 2017 off season. But I'm I'm a little counter logic because contrary to every fiber of my being, I'm actually pleasantly surprised with this team and looking forward to watching them, which is exceptionally weird for me. It's it's a weird feeling. Very so, Walter, you were excited that they ran it back. We thought that that was going to be a positive. 
do, do you still feel it was the right decision to run it back? Yeah, I, 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 I still feel like it was the right decision unless you're going to spend a whole bunch of money. And just from everything I've heard, CLG doesn't have a whole lot of money to go out and spend kind of frivolously. I mean, this was a, a roster that, you know, a split earlier had been playing in MSI, was against SKT, was sort of holding their own. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there was there was a drop-off. You know, Darshan definitely was playing worse. Xmithy's kind of fallen off some. I don't think the meta really suits Stixay. Um, Hui is, is really kind of a flip of a coin, but he does have these moments where all of a sudden he clutches it out and he can have some phenomenal games on a ton of different champions. I don't disagree with that. Um... That being said, you know, like we said, Xmithy potentially going to Immortals, like sometimes you do need to shake it up. You do need to try something um, when you seem like you're stuck in a rut. And that's what CLG does feel like after the summer and now the spring. They do sort of feel like they're kind of stuck in a rut and they're trying something um, to shake things up and, and to make things a little fresher. I really don't think Dardock is the correct answer to this team. I, I truly, truly do not think that Dardock is the correct answer. Um, I think they need someone that is way more focused on team fighting and kind of late game and macro decision making. I think Rainover would be perfect here. I think you send Dardock back to back to Team Liquid. You get rid of Piglet if you're Team Liquid, and you send Rainover over to CLG. I think that makes all three teams better. Um, CLG probably has the the better payoff just because Rainover is such a cerebral player and it's, it's kind of a better version of Xmithy. Um, but yeah, I, Dardock to CLG worries me a little because he doesn't seem like he fits their culture, their style, their system. And I don't see him adapting to you know play this sort of more macro, late game, team fight, you know, rotational uh, play. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's an interesting decision, right? And it's something that obviously we have to wait till these things are finalized because, you know, details could change at the last minute. But it's certainly a, an interesting decision. I, I, I think that... You know, you put them at the at the fifth spot. That is indeed what they got, and I think that they could have done better, right? That this is a team that was also one game away from making it to that semifinal round, and we're talking about them probably very differently if that happens. I think that what you need in that spot and what they were missing was that guy who could be a leader and step up and say, guys, I know we lost game three, or I know we lost game four, but we've still got this. We're still the better team here. We have to keep our composure and unfortunately, I, I don't think that they had that guy this season. I, I think that, you know, they they had they were looking like maybe they'd found it, and then then you had, you know, Darshan kind of panic and go for a play, and and suddenly things kind of snowballed away from themselves from there. So, I mean, it, it's one of those things where I, I think that if you're looking for what's going to make your team better, uh, you can either say, you know, maybe we needed a more talented guy in that spot who could have hard carried things better, but. I think the better thing would be having a guy that meshes with your team and, and can be that that leader role on the rift, keep them communication coming, keep the smart, intelligent calls coming. And yeah, I am worried about Dardock being that guy as well. Uh, you know who we weren't worried about heading into the season? Phoenix won. I, I was a little bit lower on them than you. I had I had some concerns uh, in, in other areas, but... Oh, mate, it's all good. Yeah, you had them at third. They ended up getting fourth. And I think that, if, if I remember correctly, you, you had a, a couple comments about them being a, a potential sleeper. Let's go see what you had to say about that. I'm so excited to talk about this team. I I, uh, I'm, I feel like everyone's going to pick this team as a sleeper, but I don't care. I'll hop on that bandwagon because I, I think they got a pretty, pretty solid team here. Pretty yeah, solid. I... 
I don't. So should they have been a sleeper? Is is that the team that that we look back now and say that we couldn't have seen this coming, or, or were these pieces that were going to to come together inevitably? I, I think. I think the argument that was like, oh, yeah, everyone's calling him a sleeper. I think when everyone's calling something a sleeper, we can't call it a sleeper. Like, when everyone's like, oh, yeah, I totally see them doing well, you can't be like, oh, I was the first one that saw it coming. Like, everyone at the beginning of the season was like, yeah, Phoenix one's going to play pretty well. Um, All the pieces sort of meshed together. It wasn't until the the sort of falling out between Adrian and Inori that things sort of kind of sunk. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think Phoenix One's problem was necessarily their their roster. I think it was just the two rosters that were above them were that much better and had that cohesion. And it pretty much been all together. They made one change apiece, really. Um, and they were minor changes. They were, you know, supplementary players in, in, in actuality. Um, and just those two teams were just straight up better. But I think Phoenix One definitely proved that they deserve to be that third team. Uh, from the, you know, the very first moment of the season, they were proving, like, no, we should be you know, up there with contendership. And up until that least last week against TSM and Cloud9, they were. Up until yeah. they got to, you know, 4 0 by them, they were. Up until they, even in the playoffs, up until Cloud9 3 0 them, everyone was like, well, Cloud9 could take, the, you know, could take the series from Cloud, uh, you know, Phoenix One could take the series from Cloud9. And then they do stand kind of a good shot against TSM. But um, yeah, I would say up until the last couple of weeks of the season, everyone still considered them, yeah, they're potential contenders for a title. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that. Certainly, uh, there was a lot of buzz around them because, you know, people were very high on Ryu and Arrow. I think that Ryu is a guy that we've seen plenty of in the Western scene, and we know that he's very good. I, I think that Arrow, you know, we, we had questions whether it was going to be Arrow or Hachani that was going to prove to be the better part of that KT bot lane. Uh, there were a couple of YouTube comments looking back. I was surprised by how many people are like, oh, yeah, but Arrow can't put three good games together in a row. Like, he's just too inconsistent. Uh, turns out uh, the MVP of the 2017 NA Spring Split did not have consistency problems. And I will give you credit for this. You called Inori as a potential breakout player, and I think that that absolutely ended up being the case. It, it's funny because one of the positions I don't think either of us would have ever questioned was the support position. And that ended up being this weird revolving door for him. And now Stunt is uh, has been dropped. Adrian is obviously off the roster as well. So I don't know what their plan is now. Get, the, I mean, get Arrow a support, please, God. Get him a support. So so you don't like uh, our new not-so-slim Shady in the bot lane? No? Get him a real okay. support, please. Actually spend some money and get a real support, for God's sakes. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, yeah, I mean... Shout out to Shady. You did your best, man. I, I don't mean to send some, some hate your way. It's just, uh, yeah. So, Cloud9, you yep. had them third. Yep. You had some very strong opinions about Cloud9. I, I think that you, uh, you, you made some fans not very happy with you. And let's see exactly what you were so disappointed with when it came to Cloud9 heading into the season. Pans out. But, Walter, overall, what did you think of their offseason? Boring uninspired replacing medios with contracts was like worst kept secret since i don't know week four of the last split i'm just they haven't done anything to wow me um i know what all these players are i know what they're capable of i know what their floors are i know what their ceilings are i, I mean i i get it yeah they were second place last split they knocked off immortals twice that was pretty cool again i think that was more about immortals you know choking and not really 
preparing themselves and, and not being ready for the big time than it had anything to do with Cloud9 being like this amazing team. And it's really weird that I'm as a TSM fan, I'm like bored of Cloud9's success when I've been successful in North America since season goddamn one. But yeah. You keep drinking the haterade, man. That's all you know. You enjoy. I, I, I guess. I guess. It's just. I. The the Cloud Nine fans listening right now are just taking all the salt and getting ready go, for go uh, ahead. For like the next meal. straight up, I understand it. Not all of my like criticism and dislike for this team is necessarily justified, but like people say Cloud Nine, I'm like okay, yeah. So yeah, so. You said they were boring and uninspired in their decisions heading yeah. into the season. Yes. They did end up being a finalist, and they did end up being this close to being our champions this season. Do you still believe that this was a, a boring and uninspired offseason? Yes. Do you? Okay. Yep. I, I, none of my views on Cloud9 have changed at all. Absolutely nothing. I, mm. I would say Jensen uh, had a, a couple moments in that finals where he was about to you know, hit that moment where we do have to start saying, okay, yeah, Jensen can hang with, hang with Bjergsen. But I go back, and every time it seems like Jensen does beat Bjergsen, it is through heavy influence of the rest of the map. And that's not necessarily Jensen's fault. But if you go back and you watch that game three when he's on Syndra, it's not because he's Duke, you know, hitting every single sphere and he's, you know, making Bjergsen blow all of his summoners and he's doing it himself. No, it was heavy influence from the top lane and heavy influence from the jungle. It's not Jensen's fault, um, but at the end of the day, that team lost, and it was because, you know, Jensen didn't play fantastic in that that game five. He had a pretty mediocre game, and I don't think you can equate Jensen with, with Bjergsen. I think he's a good two, and I don't think anybody's close to him at number two, um, mm. but he still has not reached the same tier Bjergsen is. Bjergsen is in the S tier all by himself when it comes to North American mid laners. And don't at me. Don't come at me about this. That is my opinion, and he has done nothing to change it. And you coming at me on Twitter saying, oh, but you're wrong, isn't going to change my opinion either. I don't think Sneaky got better. I don't think Impact got better. The player who improved the most on that team was Ray. And yes. we saw Ray for like 10, maybe 15 games over the course of the entire season. Um, and I still stand by my point. I think now this summer is going to be a transition. Ray is going to transition more into the full-time starter. And Impact is getting ready to retire. I think that's what it comes down to. So, yeah, I, I would not change a single thought that I had uh, about Cloud9 at all. Yeah, Ray played 10 games in the regular season, four in the playoffs. I, I think that he did look like a guy who's figuring this stuff out. I, I think he still has some issues in terms of being a bit over-aggressive at times, but I think that, you know, that is a transition that they're making, and I think it's a smart one in the long run. I, I think that it will put them in a, a good position to, to have a that kind of edge in, in their fights. But, yeah, it's tough because even... You know, when you say it's, it was a boring offseason, like, I, I don't know if there was any move they should have made. Obviously, this team made it to the finals. They were a good team. So I, I think that it was the right call to be boring in that regard. But at some point, you have to ask yourself the question, well, how do we beat TSM? And I, I think the answer for Cloud9 fans now is going to be, well, we were just, like, one play away. If they don't engage in that fight with the Elder Dragon... And Jensen does win that championship. I think we feel differently about this whole situation, and we can't ignore the fact Probably, that that didn't yeah. work out. Yeah, like, that's... he he was. I mean, he was at the center of the play that went wrong, and we have to take that into account. But I don't want Cloud 9s entire season to be defined by just that one moment. They still got to the finals. The, they the... still got their way to Game Five, and I, I think that they're still a, a team that we're going to have to be 
uh, aware of oh, and, and, and and will be at the top of the table towards the top of the table next season as well. A absolutely, but the problem is it's just like in Europe. You got to beat G two for me to actually be like, okay, yeah, they're true contenders, and they didn't beat TSM. And they didn't beat a week in TSM. And let's go ahead and talk about TSM. Yeah, because you did not have them at the top of your table. You had TSM What are you talking second. about? Of course I had them at the top of my table. There's only yeah, nine pe teams. Yeah, people are uh, are probably trying to figure out, you know, did we skip a team? No, we did not skip a team. We're getting there. But let's talk about TSM right now. You had some, some words uh, about the jungle situation in TSM. So let's go check that out now. Sven Skaren was... A guy before the world championship, I was thinking like, okay, we're going to the off season. Like, give me Dardock. Dardock's out of team. Like, gonna be out of team. Like, give me Dardock. Give me Dardock. Give me Dardock. And then he played at the world championship, and he was the best Western jungler that was there outside mm -hmm. of Yonkos. And even Yonkos, it took like the end of the tournament to really elevate him. He was playing like a man possessed. He was playing like one of the best imports. Um, that you could get in North America. Just just a fantastic player. He's slimmed up. He looks leaner. I've been watching him stream in the offseason. He looks really good. He looks really happy. He's enjoying kind of the new jungle and some of the interesting things he can do. Um, him and Bjergsen just have this awesome synergy. So, like, as much as I dislike Wild Turtle, I still have the best player in the West, and now this guy that's emerging as his wingman and, and might be a top five player in the West for all honesty. So yeah, uh, Sven Skaren was a monster, Walter. That was those were your words there. Uh, do you think that that uh, do you nope. still feel that way? No, I would like you to focus on the other part of that sentence that said, "Give me Dardock, give me Dardock, give me Dardock, give me Dardock," because that's all my thoughts on TSM going into this offseason. season. It was uh, Sven Skaren was a big issue. He was more of an issue than than Wild Turtle. And please, God, give me Dardock, give me Dardock, give me Acadia, give me Dardock, give me Acadia, give me somebody, give me good. Come on, I want I want Acadia, I want Dardock. Give me one of the two. Somebody, please listen to me. <laughs> Reggie, I wear the jersey all the time. Like, just sign one of them. Just trade for one of them. Let Sven Skaren go back to Europe and, and, you know, play for Fnatic and just have an amicable, you know, amicable split, please. But, like, give me Dardock. Give me Katie. Give me, give me someone. Give me someone young that now Bjergsen can mold again because this is what he does. He takes these young, aggressive junglers and he molds them into supports for him and then he throws away the husks after about two, about two years. Because he's drained all their life force out of him. He's like, ah, I'm done. I need more. I need more sustenance. I need someone else to help me. Come, you, come here. You, come here. It's, he totally has embraced the, the Reginald model of absorb the life force of everyone around him to maintain his peak condition. Yeah, I was going to say he's kind of a vampire that way. And then he just sucks the blood out of his jungler and then calls it a day. I mean, look, that, you know, I thought that TSM was going to be second as well because... I had Cloud9 coming out on top. I was this close to being correct, so I don't feel bad about that right. prediction. I, mean, yeah, I do think, when in doubt, uh, trust TSM. Yeah, because absolutely. they're the best team in North America historically. Uh, they've won a crazy number of championships in that region. And now they have double lift again. So things are about to get really scary for the rest of NA, unless there are significant changes or pretty big steps forward from the rest of the league. Um, there was one team, Walter, that you thought was going to make a pretty big leap. You really ended up liking this team. Uh, when we did the actual episode on it, I think maybe you were a little bit more hesitant than you ended up being when we did our final prediction. So let's see what you said about your pick to be our champions for this season, Dignitas. That's right. It was Dignitas. Let's check it out.
Keen does worry me slightly in that regard. It's why I don't want to be like, yeah, they're going to win a championship. But, like, out of any of the teams that made a, a change, like, they got, these guys have a pretty large variance. I think they could be anywhere from winning the championship at the end of the split to, you know, barely making, hanging on, like, a seven seed, um, you know, maybe the six seed. Like, they have a really large variance in that way. And some of that's also going to depend on how well some of these other mid-tier teams and teams that made changes around them are. Um, but, you know, if things break their way, there's definitely a chance these guys are finals bound. If things don't break their way, there's definitely a chance they just, you know, they, they pull the old Dignitas and they're out in the first round of the playoffs. Gun to your head, which way does it break? I'm not letting you get out. You can't just give an entire six-point range. I'm putting you in. Where are you, what do you say? Semifinals. There you go. Third, I think that's where I match. put them as well. Gun to head, third, fourth place they're... match. Split the difference. Yeah. I so how about that Dignitas bet, Walter? How are you feeling? Hang on one second. I need it. My lawyer's back. I got to just talk uh, to him real quick. Just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I know I can take the fifth. What, what if I don't want to? I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand that, you know, the only reason I put them at number one was because they had really, really good odds on, on the unicorn outrights. Yeah. And I mean, if I gambled on them to win North America, I kind of have to put them at the top of the rankings, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. That, of course, that's what makes sense. Because then I'm kind of a fool. If I'm one ranking, I say, no, they're, they're not on top of it. And then I gamble on them. And yeah. Okay. So what's your advice? <laughs> okay. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Under advice of counsel, I will be taking the fifth. I see. Well, uh, it turns out, Walter, uh, I don't know if you know this, but you are allowed to bet on what are called underdogs, because if they surprise you, then you get value. And if they don't, it's okay. Kind of like how you bet against SKT in MSI. Like, I, I don't think you believe that SKT is going to lose. You just think there's a chance of it. Just, just oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I, I understand that this time I picked SK to be best in MSI. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, under advice of counsel, I will be taking the fifth. Yeah. Well, I, I had them uh, finishing seventh. They took fifth. So they, they are more in line with where you are talking about them now. I, I think that <laughs> it's it's unfortunate that some of these pieces didn't come together the way that we might hope. Uh, someday, he's a very good player, but he needed some help. Uh, Keen was not quite as much help as maybe uh, one of us in this call thought he was going to be. So just, just one yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know. I thought that Keen might be the third best mid laner in North America. Um, yeah. No, no. I, I understand that he, he he hasn't proven anything over the course of his career, other than maybe he's a great anti. Yes, I realize that there's a character in Dota that's named Anti-Mage. Mm. Yes, and I realize that's not... Yeah, he's not in League of Legends. Mm. Okay, I got you. Under advice of counsel, um, Keen will be MVP of the NACL, uh, NALCS 2017 Summer Split. Uh, thank you for your time. That's it for all the questions. Um, you guys have been great. I will be directing all of the questions to my lawyer. Well, there you go. I, I think that that's... That, that is a prediction that I would love to see somehow work itself out. But we are going to have to wrap it up for now. You'll, we'll get to hear your predictions for the summer later, Walter. But for now, 
where can the people at home find you if they want to hear your thoughts and feelings about MSI and, and everything else? Oh, okay. Uh, yes, uh, you can find uh, my lawyer at CADs underscore LOL. <laughs> uh, again, thank you, thank you all for your time. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm at Redshirt King. Um, you can find me there, and I, I also read all of the comments, so you should definitely check that out. Um, it would appear that what was apparently a press conference has now ended, so... I'm just going to say uh, thank you guys so much for following all the stuff we did, the split. We had a wonderful time creating content for you guys. And we want to get a handle on what content you want us to make for you going forward. You know, we, we have a lot of ideas for things that we think would be fun. But, you know, we do this podcast because we love giving the people what they want. So we're going to include a survey. It's going to be in the description here. There's probably going to be an annotation right along here or so if Walter remembers to put it in properly. So... Absolutely. If you guys could just fill that out, it takes like 30 seconds and you would be telling us like what it is we can do that you guys would like to see, what it is we should never change and what it is that you think would maybe help improve the pod if you have some ideas on that. So absolutely do that uh, and stay tuned here because we have more MSI things. We've got a Guardians of the Galaxy 2 podcast coming at some point this week and we just, you know, we're excited for May 21st. The day of the MSI Finals will be the first day of our LCS team-by-team preview. So until next time, uh, in for both Walter and myself, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show, or eight bucks a month, gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com backslash eSportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.